the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The most dangerous place to be in life is on the opposite side of God's will. And too often we find ourselves in trouble as a result. Join us today as Pastor Rander encourages us to make sure we are properly aligned with God when it comes to His chosen people, Israel. In this message, what can the church do for Israel today? He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Uh, Today I want to preach a message really on, it's a different message and you're not going to see it, but um, the media has really been doing a job on us in this area. I want to deal with a message on the theology of Israel, because much of what we hear is particularly is coming from the news media, and they don't say it right. And um, uh, it's dangerous to get your learning from the news media. It's often biased, misconstrued, partial, and all these kinds of things. We need to get our learning from the scripture. And I want to do a message, and I want you to listen closely with open minds, and there'll be a lot of scriptures. It's a different kind of a message, so you got to hear. And my responsibility as your pastor is to teach you the Word of God, the whole counsel of God. And so we'll be dealing with Israel today. Uh, turn with us to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. We'll start there, and we'll move through the pages of scripture and... Uh, If you can't find it enough, quick enough, then just jot it down. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. And there you'll find these words. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And my subject from this message is, what can the church do for Israel today. What can the church do for Israel today? Listen, one of the most common names for the Jewish people in the Bible is Israelites. This title was used in the same sense that American citizens are referred to as Americans. The Israelites were citizens of Israel. However, the origin of the word Israel is found in connection with Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. 
After wrestling all night with an angel, Jacob was given the name Israel, meaning one who wrestles with God. One who wrestles with God. That's what the name Israel means. Jacob's descendants included 12 sons who became the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. A second common name for the Jewish people is Jews. The word Jew comes from the term Judah, the leading tribe of Israel. A Jew was literally one from the land of Judah. Although the word later came to be applied to any Israelite, regardless of the tribe to which he belonged. The first occurrence of the word Jew in the Old Testament is in Esther chapter 2, verse 5, where Mordecai is called Mordecai the Jew. Another common name for the Jewish people is Hebrews. The first mention of a Hebrew in the Bible is found in Genesis chapter 14, verse 13, where Abraham is called Abraham the Hebrew. Many believe Hebrew in the context is related to Eber, an an ancestor of Abraham mentioned in Genesis chapter 11, verses 14 through 16. Just jot that down, Genesis 11, 14 through 16. Regardless of the term's meaning, its original connection is with Abraham as the founder of the Jewish people. The Jewish people are also referred to as the sons of Abraham or the children of Abraham. The Apostle Paul addressed the Jews in Antioch using this term in Acts chapter 13, verse 26, which says, Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. Listen. Children of Abraham highlights the relationship between Abraham and the Jewish people. Jesus and Paul both called upon the Jews not only to be children of Abraham by birth, but to imitate the faith of Abraham, as found in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 39 through 40, which says, They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. Romans chapter 4 verse 3b also says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, he came by the same faith that we had to have. He believed God by faith before the cross, looking at the cross. And then those during Jesus' time had to look upon the Messiah to be saved. And we who are after the cross have to reflect back 
on what Jesus has done, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? The Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant. The Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant in which God made promises to Abraham that required nothing he had to do on his part. It was unconditional. When we look through the pages of scripture, we see Israel all through the Bible, and yet you don't hear many churches talking about Israel. I wonder why. When we look through the pages of the scripture, we see Israel all through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The scripture speaks of Israel's history. The scripture speaks of Israel's judges, Israel's kings, Israel's Jewish life, Israel's culture, Israel's diet, Israel's land, Israel's prophecies, and Israel's persecutions. Christians today should definitely support the nation of Israel. We must remember that the nation of Israel is God's chosen people and his treasured possession. Where is that? In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 through 8, it says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and chose you because you were numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God determined to call out a special people for himself through whom he would bring blessings to all nations. God's eternal purpose is to bless the world through Israel, which he has already done according to scripture in John 4:22, which says salvation is from the Jews. The fullness of future blessings is revealed in the wonderful promise of Isaiah 27, 6, which says, In days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will bud and blossom and fill the the world with fruit. After God judges Israel during the tribulation, in the millennial kingdom, Israel will blossom, bud, and will fill the face of the earth with spiritual fruit. The fruit is not just physical fruit. There will be a time of great fruit bearing from trees and nature will blossom or you'll see nature at her zenith. But this is also speaking more of spiritual fruit, which are blessings which will flow to all nations of the world. In other words, the world will benefit when Israel is restored. Intercessory prayer and support for those in our immediate circles is very important, but we should also remember to offer the same for God's chosen nation, Israel. Listening today as Pastor Rander continues to encourage us to bless the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in this message, 
What can the church do for Israel today? He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 11, verse 12 and 15, now if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? It was our Lord, the Messiah himself, who told the Samaritan woman in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 22, that salvation is from the Jews, which indicates our immeasurable debt to Israel. We must be mindful that God has used the Jewish people to be a tremendous spiritual blessing to the world. You say, how can you say that? I'll tell you why. Our Bible is a Jewish book. Our Savior is a Jewish Savior. It is true that Israel today is in the place of rejection. Even though Israel is an unbelieving and secular nation today, God has not totally cast her away. You say, how do you know that? In Romans chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, which says, I say then, has God cast away his people? And then then Paul is emphatic here. Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, the, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. The Bible says the Jews are the chosen people of God and dearly beloved by him. In other words, even though Israel is in a state of partial blindness and rejection today, some Jews, Messianic Jews, are being saved and becoming Messianic Jews, becoming members of the body of Christ through faith in their Messiah today. And they are often maligned and ridiculed and treated as outcasts simply because they've come to faith in Messiah. Orthodox Jews really resent Jews who turn to Christ in this day because they don't believe the Messiah has already come. They believe he is yet to come. But with that being said, what can the church do practically for Israel today to be a blessing to her? Number one, the church first and foremost obligation to Israel and the Jewish people is to give them the good news of Yeshua, their Messiah. Romans 1.16 says, the apostle Paul declared, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, everywhere Paul went in his missionary journeys, in every city and every town where he set his foot, the first place he went was the local synagogue so he could tell his Jewish brethren what Yeshua, which is a Hebrew name for Jesus, had done for him. In most of these places, Paul calls either a revival or a riot. There was no middle ground. The gospel was preached to the Jewish people first, which means that the first believers were Jews. The scripture says, for the Jews first. 
This is the historical order in which the gospel went out. The Jew first and those who were converted on the day of Pentecost were Jews, primarily Jews. Uh, Romans chapter 2, 9 and 10 also says, Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil. Of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good. Here it is again. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Look at that. One, uh, Romans 1.16. And then here it is again in Romans uh, 2, uh, 9 and 10. Emphasized over and over again. In other words, Christ's ministry was first to Israel. And it was through Israel that salvation came to the whole world. Matthew 15, 24 says, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Beloved, the greatest thing we can do for the Jewish people is to cultivate a relationship which creates an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Romans 10, 1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. He was concerned about the salvation of his people. And even today, we ought to be concerned about uh, the salvation of Americans, the salvation of all peoples, the salvation of our relatives, the uh, co-workers. We, too, ought to be deeply concerned over those who are lost and perishing. So the, the church, the church's first and foremost obligation to, the, to Israel and the Jewish people is to give them the good news of their Messiah. Number two, another reason for Christians to support the nation of Israel is because of the Abrahamic covenant. It's because of the Abrahamic covenant. We read of God's promise in Genesis 12, 2 and 3, which says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Many nations have been judged by God because of their evil and malicious intent towards Israel. One of the United States most worthwhile accomplishments has been its consistent regard for the plight of the Jewish nation. No nation in the history of the world has a better record of treating the Jewish people with respect than does America. The same can be said for our befriending Israel as a nation. America has committed many sins for which she deserves judgment. But as a nation, we have been a consistent friend of the Jews and the nation of Israel, as well as a benefactor. In 1948, President Harry Truman helped persuade the United Nations to recognize Israel as a nation. Since then, the United States has contributed billions of dollars in aid to Israel. We must look at the big picture with the biblical worldview. Listen to this closely. While we do not have to support everything Israel does as a nation, we should definitely support Israel's right to exist. Why don't y'all say amen? 
God will fulfill his promises and covenants with Israel. God still has a plan for Israel. Woe to anyone who seeks to defeat that plan because the scripture says in Genesis 12, 3, whoever curses you, I will curse. And my friend, that covenant is still in effect today. Number three, the church has a responsibility to stand with Israel in the international arena. The church also has a responsibility to stand with Israel in the international arena. Many world leaders side against Israel in the Middle East. The United Nations has issued resolution after resolution about the Middle East peace process, most of which have been anti-Israel. There has been a resurgence of anti-Semitism in Europe, North America, and around the world. As we approach the time of the end, there will, there will no doubt be a cost associated with standing with Israel. Are we prepared to pay that price? Beloved, Satan hates Israel. And that's, that's what the Holocaust was all about. It was really orchestrated by Satan. He hates Israel. He hates the Jewish people. And anyone who stands with her, he hates, which also includes the Lord's church. Number four, the church needs to support ministries that serve among the Jewish people. The church needs to support ministries that serve among the Jewish people, such as the Christian Jew Foundation Ministries, uh, Jews for Jesus, Chosen People Ministries, Life in Messiah Ministry, and a host of others. We must also help Israel by providing resources in the time of crises and natural disasters such as the wildfires she had upon her last December. Number five. Befriending messianic missionaries who work among the Jewish people can also be a blessing to Israel today. Befriending messianic missionaries who work in and among the Jewish people can also uh, give us ways to be a blessing to Israel today because of their familiarity with the Jewish culture. You have missionaries uh, over in Israel who knows about the culture, relationship, and their experience navigating the various complex issues that exist in the land today. We should also know the facts and get accurate information on what is really happening in Israel and not embrace erroneous reports and propaganda from the news media. Number six, the church should financially support evangelical schools in Israel. Romans 12, 15 and 27b says, for if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. So today we can support Israel by supporting schools, evangelical schools in the land of Israel. Number seven, we should encourage churches to travel to the land of Israel and become acquainted with Jewish life and culture. We should encourage churches to travel to the land of Israel and become acquainted with Jewish life, culture, history, 
become acquainted with those archaeological digs, worship, and the people there. There's nothing like being in the land of Israel, reading Bible passages at the very site where these events occurred. And Lord willing, that's exactly what Maranatha will be doing when we travel to Israel next year. My wife and I made about seven trips to Israel, seven or more. We've been there again and again and again and over in Jordan. It is a most fascinating place to be. There's nothing like being over there. I mean, when you read, when you see and, and look at scriptures, it's just amazing, uh, the, the, uh, how the Bible, uh, is true. Number eight, the church needs to ask the Lord to be used of God to help break down barriers between the Jewish Christian communities, such as believing that Christians are Israel's enemy. Jewish people need to know that we as believers love and greatly benefit from the Jewish people. I say it again. The church needs to ask the Lord for wisdom to be used of God to help break down these barriers between the Jewish Christians and the believing community. And we need to let them know that we are not their enemies. We are their friends. And you have to build a relationship with them before you can reach them With the gospel, the barriers have to be broken down. When we disobey God, we set the stage for our impending destruction. God is our only hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We must walk by faith and not by sight. We must obey God and look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And where does our help come? It comes from who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.